hello, and welcome to the uh, third episode of the spring 2021 season of the Bell Tower Hour. I'm your host, Nicholas Moore. Um, here, my producer, Maria. Say hi. hi I'm Maria. I'm the producer of Bell Tower Hour. And uh, today we've got an exciting one for you guys. We've got singer-songwriter, uh, Temple student, uh, recent participant in the Temple Music Business Club's uh, Power of Women in Music event. That was this past Wednesday. Um, we have Written Mouse. Uh, say hello. Hello. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing great. Awesome. So I just to start, um, if you want to introduce yourself, anything you want to say um yeah so i am a singer songwriter i'm originally from north carolina and um, moved to philly to go to temple um i have been doing music since and performing since i was about 10 years old and um i've done a lot of different things and under a lot of different names um but I'm happy to be a part of the local music scene. That's what I love the most about doing music and just evolving over time and learning. I always like to admit that um, it's it's a learning process for me. I'm not classically trained at all. So I'm just trying to, you know, enjoy being able to do music on any scale. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a great answer. So you, you <laughs> answered a couple of my follow-up questions, which is always perfect. But um, you said that you had been playing music since you were 10? Yeah, so I, I've been writing since and writing and performing since I was about 10 years old. Um, and I was really lucky to have a great mentor and music teacher from from about 10 years old. His name was Ken Weigand back in North Carolina. And he was amazing because he's very quickly like, you know, catapulted me into performing and um, writing, and he opened up a lot of opportunities for me. So, yeah. Thanks. So, um, other than your mentor, would you say that music played a pretty big role in your upbringing? Like, were your parents musical at all? Anybody in your extended family? Yeah, um, my parents aren't musicians, but I did grow up a lot. Um, with music my whole entire life, like um, being from the South, bluegrass was always a huge part of, um, you know, just being a kid for me. I used to go to a lot of music festivals, actually. That was a big influence because my dad is like this crazy peace activist. And so he um, would go to this, like um, this, we would go to this grassroots festival every year and, uh, it was just like a really cool music festival and there was a lot of bluegrass in it. And so I grew up a lot around like just running around music festivals as a muddy snot nosed kid. And so um, a lot of local music was in my upbringing, which is why I feel, you know, so thankful to be a part of that now. Were there, were there any like particular artists or musicians or albums that, um, played like a major role in your musical development as a kid, maybe like an album, like the first album that you really latched on to for artist or something like that? Um, well, I, I definitely grew up with a lot of Beatles um, and a lot of like Ramones. Um, and, but then I think the, the first thing that I kind of discovered on my own was uh, Motown. Like just broadly, I really loved like Motown, early R&B. 
And so that definitely was the biggest influence on my personal style. And I was like, I want to sing like that. So like, I always think it's important to like, as a blues influenced artist, like give a lot of credit to like black artists who paved the way for the genre. And that was hugely influential for me, for sure. And what made you, you said that your mentor kind of encouraged you to start performing, but um, for, for the written mouse uh, moniker specifically, like what made you decide to start releasing music under that name? Were you just like, it's time or? Yeah, so I um, I started out, like if you, if you search on YouTube, like my full birth certificate name, you'll find music from like 2013 or like 2012. And if you search Selena Cara, which is the name that I use now, you'll find like music from like 2015 and, and forward. But I, I really, um, I, I chose to go by Written Mouse because I find it difficult to release things and kind of be vulnerable in that way because music is definitely like a very deeply personal and vulnerable thing for me. And so it felt good at a certain point to kind of take a, a level of detachment from that and not have everything be under my name specifically. And um, yeah, I, I think also it was like, I was going to a lot of house shows and I was like, everyone has like a cool name and my name isn't that cool. So I want to do something, but um, the name itself came out of uh, me. My first job in Philly, I was working in Rittenhouse Square and at, at a bakery, and I really just loved it because I've always loved like historic areas and stuff like that. And I would always go into the square on my lunch break, and I remember just seeing like mice like scurrying around between the bushes, and I was like, I kind of feel like that's me because I'm like in a big city in like this really historic area and I'm just like a, a grubby little mouse. So it felt appropriate for me. That's adorable. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Ratatouille vibes. Yes. My goal. Big time. It does it definitely rolls off the tongue too. It's it's cool that you have a fun story for that. It's not everybody does. Yeah. Um so as far as the kind of music that you're making now, um how would you describe it? I mean, you, you kind of said that you were already influenced by Motown and R&B, and that's a very conscious influence, but is there, are there any other links there that you can throw out? Yeah, um, I'm definitely super influenced by like, uh, kind of like the 90s lo-fi movement. So like Pavement and Silver Jews and um, that group of bands. Um, that was definitely like in high school when I started really um, putting my music out there. Those were the bands that were super influential to me. So I'm I'm definitely a fan of like very underproduced stuff. So those like alt rock influences, 90s influences are huge for me as well. Um, Liz Fair is one of my favorite artists of all time. She's an amazing singer songwriter who I like discovered at the exact correct time in my life and her 
style is definitely like one of the biggest influences on my own music. Yeah, she's she's one of a kind. That's a, that's a good influence yeah. to have. Um, so, I mean, it seems like your influences are pretty eclectic. Um, what is your writing process like? When you sit down and write a song, is it kind of just like whatever comes first? Or are you consciously trying to tie together all these influences? I think it's, it's strange for me. It's definitely changed over time. Um, everything that I've kind of learned about music is kind of out of instinct just from like growing up with it. So when I first started writing, it was very much not a conscious thing. I was just like, oh, this, you know, tune is coming into my mind. These lyrics are are coming up. And so I'll write those down. And when I was younger, it was definitely like I would just sit down and write something. But then, um, you know, growing, growing a little bit more and having a lot more kind of mental blocks um, was really difficult because my mental health is definitely a huge um, factor in my music. And I, I like to be really transparent about that because, you know, there was a few years where because of my mental health, I felt like I couldn't write at all. And then I kind of slowly was able to get back into it, but my process looks very different now. So I'm kind of like, I'll, I'll write, um, I'll write lyrics first most of the time. And usually that's kind of like a just outpouring of emotion of whatever I'm feeling at the time. And then just kind of edit it down and write the melody on guitar and kind of go from there. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Um, this past Wednesday, you performed at the uh, Power Women in Music event. which was organized by um, the Temple Music Business Club. Bell Tower sponsored it. Uh, you performed with a bunch of other people, including Tayana Stone, Kaylee Vito, um, Bailey Zellis, and Mia Giovanni. Uh, and I doubt I pronounced that right. But um, what was it like being a part of an event like that? Yeah, well, like I said before, um... I'm just so honored to be included in anything music related um, and especially, you know, being called powerful is something that's, you know, really touching for me, I guess. Um, and yeah, being able to perform alongside other women who have, you know, influenced and being around other women has influenced me so much. And those are the people who have been the most supportive in my life. Um, and I, I do identify as a gender fluid person, but um, because of the amount that existing in female centered spaces and being a femme presenting person has really influenced my identity as an artist, I was definitely honored to be included on that level. And yeah, you know, supporting women is always a great thing to be a part of definitely is do you um what do you believe is the importance of an institution like temple like like a big state school uh providing a platform 
for events like this? Because you don't, I, I mean, I, maybe I'm not looking in the right places, but I don't see things like this happening every day. So it's interesting to see Temple kind of promoting it. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I think it's it's awesome. And, you know, a lot of the reason why I chose to come to Temple was because of those opportunities. And I definitely didn't think, you know, starting out that the local music scene would be such a big part of my life. but. Um, like on, on every level, it's been incredible. The amount of support that I've received, obviously I have a very small platform, but like even on the scale of like, um, local house venues, like the soda bar rest in peace, um, who like definitely gave me a huge, you know, opportunity and took a chance on me and like, you know, like events like the power of women in music that are like centered on amplifying those voices and providing a diverse view of music and, you know, what it means to exist in, um, you know, a pretty male dominated field is really important to talk about those things for sure. It's a very thoughtful perspective. Um, so again, shifting gears a little bit, um, although you haven't released uh any new music during quarantine as far as i can tell at least under written mouse um it seems that you've stayed pretty active playing the occasional virtual gig even did one for bell tower last april um what has the virtual show experience been like for you what are the differences maybe in mentality between that and playing the real show i get more nervous for virtual things for some reason i don't know why maybe it's just like i can't hear like feel people's reactions as well um and i think the other aspect of it is um you know i'm not very knowledgeable about the tech side of things as far as like gear and stuff like that so there definitely is kind of uh an element of the unknown of all of that to me um but anything like that i i guess i i really see as kind of a collaborative effort in like people helping me out and I think that's where I learn the most from music is when other people um you know teach me things about what it's like to perform virtually or to collaborate in the studio and stuff like that and um yeah I've always loved performing from from a very young age like I said and so it's it's definitely a different energy but I appreciate all forms of performance nonetheless I definitely get that uh, um, online performance anxiety <laughs> sort of yeah. thing. I mean, I don't perform, but just like, I don't know, sometimes you make a, a joke in the Zoom call and everybody has their <laughs> cameras and mics off. You can't tell us it landed. It drives you insane. Um, but you did mention a little bit of uh, performance anxiety, which is, you know, I'm sure every musician experiences from time to time. Do you have any processes or rituals that um, you do before performance to kind of help you manage that? Um, I probably should have more of a process than I do. It's just kind of um, a lot of practicing for me because no matter how like ingrained in my muscle memory things are, like songs I performed a billion times, it's still kind of a struggle for me because, um, you know, I'm not a super skilled guitarist or anything like that. So it's always 
a matter of just like trying to get in that headspace and definitely the people around me who support me are a huge part of that. Like the reassurance and the remembering how much awesome support that I have and wanting to, you know, do right by those people is huge. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, we don't have much of a choice at the moment, but it seems like kind of the live stream show, it, it pretty quickly became the norm over the past year. Um, so given your experience, you've played a couple of them. Um, do you think that there's any possibility of, of this, of these kind of carrying over post quarantine? Do you think there's going to be a niche market for them in the future or um, everybody's or everything's going to be in person, you know? Um, I don't know. I think on some level, it's, it's nice to have kind of like the, the neatly packaged uh, live stream performance where you don't have to leave your house and you can just kind of enjoy those things from the comfort of your home. But I've also seen like a lot of, um, you know, eagerness to get back to live shows. So I think that there's um, definitely going to be a, a push for that, that, like I said, the energy is just so different and being able to interact and make connections like you can't online. So. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I'm just not trying to leave my house. That's the reason. Yeah. But um Again, shifting gears, you work as the events coordinator for uh, WHIP. Um, is working in the music industry something that you want to continue to do after college? I used to like, I don't know, if, like from a very young age, I've always known that I wanted to do music, but um, I've always kind of uh, felt like I do want that level of detachment. So um, if I do ever work in the music industry, like, Radio is definitely something that I'm super interested in. Um, I would love to just be able to work with other artists and stuff like that, but it's never really been a big goal for me to like be a famous musician because, you know, I'm just thankful to be able to do anything on any level, but working with artists and local communities and promoting things like um, harm reduction and, uh, everything like that is super important to me. So that's something that I would love to be a part of in my future. Do you think your experience as a musician, as a performer, um, makes your job as events coordinator any easy? Just like having an understanding of, of maybe the artist's perspective on things? Yeah, I like to think so. Um, just being able to kind of work with artists on a more personal level um, has been awesome like uh the event that we did in the fall rocktober where it was kind of like a battle of the bands type thing and i got to work um you know pretty closely with a lot of really cool bands and being able to promote them you know i think it feels really good for me as as an artist because you know like i said people have taken a lot of chances on me and I love to kind of give back to the the local community that I'm a part of, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been an awesome experience overall. Um, so kind of winding down here, can we expect new music from you anytime soon? I hope so. Um, I definitely have plans to record with the few resources that I do have personally, but, um, I've also been working with some people locally who have a lot more of the know-how on recording and stuff like that. So 
yeah, I, I would love to release new music. You know, uh, I have the material, but it's the, um, you know, and the will, it's just the, the resources that are sometimes lacking, but I, I'm, I'm working on it. I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's definitely, that's how it goes. Tale as old as music recording, unfortunately. So is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up with the more serious part of the show? Um, well, you can follow me on Instagram and Bandcamp at Written Mouse. Um, my YouTube, you can just search Written Mouse and my music will come up. Um, for WHIP stuff, uh, Temple's um, Radio Networking Summit turns is coming up on April 10th. That's a super great opportunity. So if you're at all interested in music stuff, that's that's a great way to network. Meet Me at the Altar, super awesome band, is going to be on our music industry panel. So definitely big plug to that. Yeah, that's that's sick. It's definitely a very helpful plug, very thoughtful plug, helping out the people at home. Um, so you've survived the gauntlet of our serious questions. We always try to wrap things up with some funnier questions. Um, so starting those off, if you could be any animal besides a mouse, what would you be? <laughs> besides a mouse yeah I don't know I don't know that I would want to be a mouse um because that's kind of a, a dangerous life to live um I don't know maybe maybe a bird I know that's kind of a lame answer but I've always loved birds I love doves so maybe a dove that's not lame they can fly yeah, that's True. like the sickest answer. <laughs> like what? True. <laughs> True. I, I don't think I'm built to be like a lion or anything like that. So a dove seems appropriate. That's too no, much nobody, nobody wants that responsibility. A lion's No. Sick. And then you get put in a zoo. That's no fun. Yeah, come on. Um, so I noticed you covered the Hanukkah song on your Instagram. Um, what's the best song Adam Sandler's ever written? Oh God. Um, you know, I, I'm not as, as familiar as his of his um, you know, wide discography as I should be, but the I think the only other one I know of is the Chris Farley song, which is like a very serious one for for his dear friend who passed away. So I guess I guess I'll go with that one, if not the Hanukkah song. That's a that's a good answer. Honestly, the rest of his music is very good. Yeah. but uh yeah you're not missing much um so on that note what's your favorite adam sandler movie i'm not going to be lame and say uncut gems because i don't think that even counts um it doesn't capture his spirit you know i, I grew up with adam sandler movies probably watching them when i was too young but uh mr deeds might be my answer i love that movie whoa deep cut yeah that was yeah that was quite the answer <laughs> Um, so it's kind of a classic, more animal questions. Um, would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Either of those sound terrifying, but probably the big duck because small horses, I don't know. I, that sounds unpleasant. Yeah. I feel like if there wasn't a hundred of them, that would be like a way easier question to answer, but ducks are mean. But yeah. ducks, ducks have teeth, and just yeah. like, imagining like a big duck with teeth. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of scared of horses, but maybe that's like mostly their size. So I don't know. 
<laughs> and I was about to say all the all the, the threat from a horse comes from its size. Once it gets smaller than you, it can't really hurt you. But also, there's they outnumber you a hundred to one. So there's a lot going right. on with that question. I don't know. Um, if you could choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what would you choose and why? And you also have to pick a song. This is an option. It isn't like, like it isn't like pick a song or don't pick a song. It's like like your intro song. Like you walk in a room, what song plays? Oh, um, it's got to be some Zeppelin. I think I I don't know. Like that's also basic, but I I love Zeppelin so much. Maybe like a whole lot of love um that's that's a classic that always pumps me up so that is a classic what if you were in a bad mood though if you were like in a really awful mood and you walked into a room and a whole lot of love played for like the 10th time that day <laughs> i mean at least it's intimidating you know that's true people will know who i am from the get-go yeah that's yeah. a that's a really sick answer honestly that is a sick answer <laughs> no one would mess with you <laughs> no one would mess with you um yeah that was great uh so your camera is off during a boring zoom lecture this isn't right now her camera's on by the way for everybody at home. <laughs> this isn't boring she's having a lot of fun um so your camera's off what are you doing probably like my skincare that's usually what i do when my camera's off during a lecture because i wake up five minutes before my class every day um yeah. <laughs> or like this is also lame but like playing minecraft uh because it actually helps it's me focus lame. more <laughs> it helps me focus more on the lecture if i'm like doing something else i completely agree with you yeah. if I'm yeah. like a game i'm way more like tuned in yeah exactly yeah that makes sense can i ask you do you know like off the top of your head what the weirdest thing you've done like while your camera's off during a zoom lecture like do you remember just like doing something just like like one time my camera was off because i was like moving a couch into my house like on the- <laughs> <laughs> you ever like had a situation like that i'm trying to think like oh probably like watching a hockey game because um sometimes you know scheduling doesn't work and i have to be watching the game or like watching um I was at home for quite a while and I would be sitting on the couch with my boyfriend while he played Lego Star Wars and then I would just be watching him playing Lego Star Wars instead of listening to the lecture so quality game yeah, yes that, that that's a way better use of your time than going to class you guys have I such agree. productive answers I don't think I've ever done anything with my cameras <laughs> besides like sleep that too that too or like dealing with the cat when like the cat is messing with me. I wish I had a cat. I definitely sometimes will be like full out, like working out, like while my camera's off. (laughs) I get really paranoid. Like what if my camera's on and everyone's just watching me like work out? (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. It would not be great. (laughs) There are far more embarrassing things that you could be doing. For sure. That's just that's just self care. I wouldn't even call you out. I wouldn't let you know. Like <laughs> yeah. She's just working on her. <laughs> um, so again, shifting gears. Are you familiar with the driver's license uh, drama? The song. 
You know, I use TikTok, but I'm not on that side of TikTok, so I'm not super familiar with it, I have to say. We can, I'm also not familiar, so we can, Maria wrote this one. She can fill us in. This has just been an obsession of mine, but we can scratch it if neither of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I no, kind, it's I know it's already out like, there. Yeah, there's a, there's a song and then there was a response song, but I don't really know who either of the people are, so I wasn't very invested. Just Disney like, Channel stars, like, writing songs back and forth about the same boy. There's been, like, like Olivia wrote a song, and then Sabrina wrote a song, and Olivia just released another song. Just all about the same, like, average-looking, like, dude. <laughs> He's not worth it. He's not <laughs> worth know. it. I know. They'll never yeah. learn. Yeah. The world seems... They're, like, they're like 16 years old, right? Olivia's 18, and Sabrina oh. Carpenter is 21 or 22. Jesus, I thought that they were like kids. I was gonna defend it and be like, "Oh, the world <laughs> seems pretty small when you're that young. You'll meet somebody else." But, but no, you're a grown up. <laughs> songs, though, I must say they're they're pretty good. I gotta give it to her as like an emerging Disney Channel star. It's pretty good. Like yeah, I, it's definitely if you are friends with me on Spotify, like I. I'd be playing driver's license. It's a good song. It's honestly a great song. Like, and I'm, I love I feel, it. I don't feel shame about it. It's a good song. There's you no should. shame in that. I, was, I definitely I was listen so to TikTok to music. Yeah, you you gotta like you can't pretend yeah. like it's not good. It is good. That's why people yeah. like it so much. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big um, advocate of the stance that for a song to be a meme and to be viral like that, like it actually has to be good. Even like the funny ones are like catchy or like notable in some way, shape, or form, unless it's just like so terrible that it's funny. But the song like Driver's License, like that's a that's a banger. It's a great yeah, song. Yeah, for sure. I used to I used to crap on on pop music a lot when I was younger and be like, I, I hate pop music, I'll never listen to it. But now I'm like, I love good, bad pop music and I'm not ashamed at all. I agree. Do you have a favorite TikTok song right now? I am obsessed with Ash Nico. Um, she is a fellow NC baby, and I love her like badass feminist messages, and her music videos are crazy. So like Daisy's a great one. I love her so much. Yeah, she's pretty sick. That was a good answer. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Maria, can you fill me in on something real quick? Sure. Did Olivia or Sabrina write driver's license? Olivia wrote driver's license, and then Sabrina responded with skin, and then Olivia responded with deja vu, and released a music video for deja vu, and used a girl that looks just like Sabrina. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's pretty crazy is uh is deja vu as good as driver's license or i think it's better it's what i think it's better it's better yeah maybe that's a hot take but i think it's better than driver's license i know what i'm doing once this is over (laughs) you're you're gonna (laughs) deja vu i'm checking out these songs yeah not before you stream (laughs) yeah not before you stream written mouse written (laughs) mouse.bandcamp.com 
I just missed Bandcamp Friday, but there will be another one coming up. Give her all your money. Yes, um, please. Actually, I think that's all we have, unfortunately. But um, you were you were wonderful. You definitely had some great answers for some of those questions. Um, anything you want to say before you go? Um, yeah, if you're out there and you're a person who wants to do music, but you don't feel like you're good enough, do it anyways, because that's how I felt for a very long time. But now I have all this amazing support and great opportunities like this one. So there's people out there who are going to support you. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> this has been easily our most inspirational podcast yeah. so far. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Oh, you should write a self-help book. You should. <laughs> yeah. At, at 19 years old, I, I've got, you know, some good advice, I think. So <laughs> I'd buy it. Um, but yeah, that seems like all we have for today. So you want to check out Written Mouse. Uh, Written Mouse on YouTube seems pretty easy to find writtenmouse.bandcamp.com um, for non-Philly folks written is R-I-T-T-E-N and then mouse is spelled like mouse and uh, it's the same across um, pretty much every social media right Twitter Instagram cool cool and also just check out uh, WHIP they have the um, jobs and radio summit coming out networking summit uh, what day was that again April 10th April 10th. Sign up if you're a Temple student. That should be um, a very valuable experience. So, yeah, I'm Nick. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>